This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Family Matters is brought to you today by the letters LGBTIQA and the number one. You are listening to Family Matters. That's a cute little intro. I like that. Um, You're with Beck, Steph and Gina. Now, this is a show about rainbow families, not about the royal family, but we've got that out of our system now, haven't we, Steph? Yes, we have. We have. I mean, I could talk about it. I was going to say, I could talk about it for longer. But we do have some um, special guests in our studio tonight. We have three special guests, one who's going to remain very quietly (laughs) in the corner. Um, And we also have Damien and Chris Stevens-Todd. I can introduce you as that now because you have been recently married. We have. G'day. Yeah. Hi. When did you actually get married? Uh, We got on the 14th of April, so uh, nearly six we're now. And was your wedding much like the royal wedding? Nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, there was a few disasters in the lead up, though. Much really? Like, um, except for uh, not family, it was just weather. So. Uh, not a stray dad selling their story to the paparazzi or something. No, no, it's a big baby poo involved. We'll get to that story, I'm Ooh, sure. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. the sound of that. <laughs> so 2018 has been a rather monumental year for both of you. You've had uh, not only a wedding, but also a baby. We have, and she's beautiful, and we're in love. We can oh, vouch no. for that. She, she is beautiful. She is so beautiful. And, she, you know, for a three-month-old, she's so animated, and she's got these beautiful eyes and big smile, and yes, yeah. we've all been gooing and garring over, over your dear little baby. But the reason we got you in here tonight was because there was a story in your local paper, and it was something that we... Well, when I was sort of putting together some research for tonight's show... There was a big part of me that just wanted to shut this down because I just didn't want a baby tainted with that sort of hatred and I just thought these kind of people need no oxygen. But when I got to to the end of the article that you'd written, Damien, I understood why we needed to come and kind of talk this through. Oh, thank you, yeah. It was um, not a nice article to see and then it was nice to have the opportunity to respond because that was important for me. Yeah. So perhaps let's backtrack a little bit and um, talk about how you got to the point where you needed to write an article mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe we can start with with the baby and, and, and your, your journey through surrogacy because, I mean, that in itself is an incredible story. I want to go back further, Steph. What do <laughs> okay. I always ask people when they come in? Sorry. I always need to know the love story. Okay. Right. <laughs> I insist upon the love story. Okay. Well, our uh, wedding was our 10-year uh, anniversary weekend. <gasps> I love it already. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so we met 10 years ago on MySpace. Do you know what Ooh, MySpace yes. is? Yes. yes. Very Early retro. Socials, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So the, the story goes that Chris was on MySpace scrolling through profiles one night and he saw... Of course, you know me, a handsome young man at the Correct. time. Still are. Uh, well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And um, he saw that I was in a good job with a good salary and the rest <laughs> is history, he says. Yeah, Ticked a few boxes. Of, yeah, had pictures of your house on there too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, He's doing well. House, so. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, here we are. And, and what did you see on his profile, Damien? Oh, I saw a, a, a young, um, healthy, happy... Um, loving individual and, and uh, yeah. And were you both in Shepparton at the time? No, I was in Shepparton and... I was in Bendigo, so... Okay, so you're both country boys 
Not and born and bred. No. But Chris is, but yeah, not I. was I. born in Shepherd and then sort of tried to get away. Right. <laughs> come back. I was born in the big smoke down here, but I've been up in the uh, Shepherd and region now for 15 years. And what keeps you up there, both of you up there? Uh, probably family. Like, my family's all still there and work and... Um, you know, family's probably a very big thing for me, so yes. having them close by is important. And I guess now we're just settled and we've done a lot of work there that um, it's a nice place to live. And for me, my family's not near me, so that's what keeps me <laughs> up there. <laughs> it's you usually go. one or the other, isn't uh, it? In truth, my grandmother lives in Bendigo, so that's, a, you know, a hop, skip and a jump an hour and a half away. But my family's in Melbourne, so um, they're close enough um, when I need to come and visit for birthdays and, and they're ageing now, so a bit, bit of care. But, um, you know, we're, we're close. It's, it's, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that. My family lives in Adelaide and I always say to them, I like... I've liked them a hell of a lot more since we haven't lived together, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the same town. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's it. <laughs> and, Damien, you've been a, a very big part of the... I'm sure you, you both have, but I've, I've heard you speaking about your advocacy work with um, the GLBTI community up in Shepparton because I've been listening to Country Cousins on the radio for, what, how many years? It's been a long time. Yeah, many, many years. Yeah. It was when I mean, it was the Also Show, and that was a long while ago, I think, right. yeah, with Crusader. And, yeah. yeah, so um, each week it's really important important for me uh, in my role up in Shepparton, uh, which has been LGBTI wellbeing for 15 years now, uh, to every week come on to Joy and remind uh, the listeners that, yes, there are gays in the country yeah. and, yes, there's gay events in the country and LGBTI people all across Victoria should um, do all they can to be engaged and, and celebrate and be supported. And what sort of changes have you seen over f- the 15 years that you've been there in the community? Yeah, I think uh, Shepparton now, you know, next to Dalesford, is probably one of the most um, uh, inclusive, um, supportive um, regional centres that we probably have in Victoria. And I think I'm part of a, a team of people who can be proud to say that. We've done really good things there. That's mm. fabulous. Do you, do you think people are surprised that there's gay people in the country? Like, Do you think people think, you know, they'll live in Fitzroy and St Kilda and that's about it? <laughs> Thornbury, yeah, that's right. Well, many of the health services, you know, um, assume that, um, and in many cases, LGBTI people in rural and regional areas have to go to the big cities for LGBTI-specific health mm. services. So it's, um, you know, it's kind of egg before the chicken. Um, there's plenty of people uh, all over Victoria, including every nook and cranny uh, of um, regional, rural and even remote Victoria. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you said there's, I guess, uh, a supportive community in, in Shepparton and a lot you've been doing. What are some of the things you're proud of that you've you've been able to achieve there in Shepparton? Yeah, so I think the biggest um, celebration that we have now in Shepparton coming up to its seventh year now is Out in the Open Festival. Uh, so we've had uh, right back in 2012, two events over two days. Last year, I think it was 14 events over four days now in Shepparton. So we've got our annual Out in the Open Festival, brunches, forums, you know, drag shows, meditation, uh, dinners, all sorts of fun things. Um, and Golden Valley Pride, which you might have mm. heard of, yes. has been going yeah. strong now for 13 years. Yes. And every other week there's, a, again, a social event or a guest speaker or something to improve the health and well-being of um, LGBTI people in our community. And we're very inclusive of allies because we acknowledge that, yes, there are less LGBTI people in rural and regional areas. And as we saw with marriage equality, we mm. can't just rely on our community um, to um, to support our community. So it's great to have our allies along. So you mentioned health services, Damien. When you 
decided that you wanted to have a baby, how easy or difficult was it being in Shepparton to, to kind of access yeah, let, services let, let's and help? hear from Chris about yeah. that question. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I guess there's not really anything in Shepparton um, for, I guess, us to look to, and that's why, you know, at first, probably eight years ago, we looked at India and um, that chapter closed, and then we looked at... Um, I think there was Thailand and then we travelled actually to Nepal um, and the laws changed while mm. we were in Nepal. Oh, um, but we were there for some other things as well, so it was okay. And then we took a little bit of time off and then found Canada. So um, whether it's in the country or Melbourne, um, for straight or gay couples, um, Australia's really behind the ball when it comes to um, surrogacy and... Certainly was eight years ago, and and we're only catching up now. As you know, I think in some ways it still is though yeah, very sure. behind. I yeah. think there's a lot of um, probably change that needs to happen here, and change which could probably prevent people having to go overseas as well. I think there's yep. definitely scope for the system to change. Yeah. There. Well, little Fletcher over here in the corner, she's three months old now, and she's still not an Australian citizen. So mm. we're, we're worried about having to send her back. Yeah. Um, you That'd know, be awkward. Her back. Oh, it would be awkward. So we're she's hoping here. she's here on her three-month tourist visa at the moment. <laughs> so she's not. She's not working. No, illegally. no, she's on a holiday. She's um. Yeah. She doesn't have to go and pick fruit no, or something. No, yeah, no. good. She's okay. in the right place if she did. Yeah, though, that's Japanese. right. She'd yeah. be right in the right <laughs> spot for that. Well, look, we are very much enjoying getting to know Chris and Damien and. And we will have a short break and then be back to delve into their story a little more. You're listening to Family Matters. Family Matters is brought to you today by the letters LGBTIQA and the number one. Listening to Family Matters with Beck, Gina, and Steph. I very much like that song because I very much like Keith Urban. Mm, me too. Anyway, that's for another time. We are here with the wonderful Damien and Chris Stevens. Todd, we are probing them a little bit, Steph, in a nice mm. way, aren't we? To mm. learn all about them and little baby Fletcher, who's very quietly in the corner behaving herself. Is Don't she? Poke her. Yeah, she's oh, no, I'm putting her dummy back in, <laughs> so she stayed out. quiet. So that's it. <laughs> Uh, so we talked a little bit about um, how Baby Fletcher came into the world and we started off with you explaining a bit about the process of sur- surrogacy but perhaps if you could talk a little bit more about that because I think that that's something that you know we don't hear enough of here at Family Matters. We haven't had a gay dad on Family Matters. We were saying... For a couple of months, yeah. Great. So. Well, yeah, like Chris said, we um, we went uh, through eight years of different channels and uh, countries and then had a bit of a pause and then got ready to um, commence again in Canada. And Chris can tell you a bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so um, we were connected to an agency over there and then um, then the agency connects you to a fertility clinic and then you um, have to get a Canadian lawyer. Then you also have to get a, like an Australian lawyer. And then there's the egg donor agency. So everything's all kind of like separate and you just got to keep on top of it and try and communicate and make sure everyone else is communicating together. And and then eventually, um, you know, Will Fletcher comes from all these different memes of back and forth. And, and how much contact did you have with your donor? 
Uh, well, we have a what's called a known donor arrangement, so right. we actually never met her right. or spoke to her, but we have all of her details. She knows who we are, we know who she is. Um, for, you know, I guess future, I wanted that for Fletcher in case that's something she wanted when she was older. Um, also any medical kind of mm. situation. Um, we have a very different relationship with the surrogate, obviously. Yeah. But, um, so tell me about the relationship with the surrogate. Well, Cho- choosing, the, choosing the egg donor and the surrogate was a bit like going onto a personal's website, mm. actually. Right, okay. And yeah, no, or, yeah. you know, one of those. And, like, you're presented with profiles and hundreds, thousands of profiles, and so choosing hair colour, eye mm. colour, you know, looking at the, the background of health of different, you know, ailments in families and whatnot for both the donor and the surrogate. Uh, and that's how we chose the um, egg donor based yeah, on... I picked three, um, the top three, and then I... It's um, like Australian Idol. Yeah, I said to Dave, you know, I'm like, all right, you have the final pick. <laughs> Um, because we did use my sperm, so I thought Damien can have the choice on the final egg donor. Yep. Um, and then the surrogates kind of like they pick you in a way. So um, we sort of had a profile. Um, our first two surrogates had to pull out due to health reasons, either from their children or themselves. And that was totally okay. Mm. You know, we were matched with one and then a second surrogate, and both of them, um, as Chris said, one had uh, health issues, and one of them, her child, her existing child, had health issues. And sure, it was a little disappointing for us after being matched, but by no means did we begrudge um, absolutely a. a um, the surrogate um, putting her health before us. That's totally uh, uh, okay. Can I go back and just ask a question about the egg donor? When you were choosing your egg donor, what was the main thing you were looking for? I mean, obviously health, but was it what she looked like? Yeah, so like my niece and nephews all look like me and my brother and um, the Todd genes are quite strong, so I kind of like wanted my child to somewhat look like me too. So I thought, well, I've got quite fair genes, so I didn't want anyone with such dominating genes. So anyone with brown eyes I'm like, you're out. Except that Damien's, you know, dark. Yeah, he's got blue eyes. I'm tanned. It's a tan. So, yeah, so I just looked for people with, like, fair... Fair skin, fair that features. My genes might try and dominate somebody. And as soon as people see her, um, even in Canada, um, people looked at her and said, oh, she looks like you straight away. She, she does, actually. And, and I, I didn't want to say so that when worked. I saw her, but I just <laughs> thought exactly the same thing. So, um, yeah. Oh, and okay. we didn't look for anything else. Like, you know, we didn't look for the, you know, world's best sports star or any, yeah. anything else. You know, we're pretty happy, modest people and we just wanted a baby to love. Chris, you were saying in, during the break about how important it was for you to have a child f- from a very early age, really, and very early in, in your relationship with Damien. Do you come from a big family? No, not really. I sort of um, have two biological siblings, and I'm the middle child, so I mm. um, forgot. And, <laughs> um, and then I've got um, a stepsister as well. My mum remarried when I was 15, so the family sort of grew a little bit, but um, I... You know, only for most of my life had like three first cousins and um, I don't have many aunties or uncles. So like, yeah, I sort of came from a very small family, but um, wanted one for myself and create, I guess, I always thought I didn't want when I passed away my legacy and my part of my history just to end with me. Mm. So I just wanted that to continue and, and that was another part of it. So how I saw it growing up. Yeah, one of many parts. There's so many reasons to have a uh, a baby and and to complete our family and, yeah. So then you've got the egg donor and then we're going through the choosing a surrogate and you said you'd chosen two and they had to 
pull out for whatever reason. How did you end up with the surrogate that you had? What was it about her? Well, we were asked after the two first attempts didn't come through to, I think the the in thing was to create a video. So um, we created a short video about us being together for nine years and why we wanted to have a child and um, the type of people we were. And then the, that video was uploaded to a surrogacy group on social media. And then uh, almost immediately, um, our surrogate, uh, her name's Vanessa, in Canada, um, and her husband, Kevin, who have two children already, um, Ollie and Airly, after Airly Beach. Ah. She had an affinity for Australia. They all did. And yeah. so they saw our video. They said, oh, that's it. That family, th- th- these are the guys we want to help. And the rest is history, really. We instantly clicked. Um, we went over to Canada and dropped off the tadpoles and went back a year later and Fletcher was there. I've got many more questions about Vanessa. Go and for it. So what was it that she made her want to be a surrogate? Was this the first time she'd done it? Yeah, it was her first time. And I guess she like had her two children and they had decided that their family like, had finished creating their family biologically. They want to adopt and do other things, and um, and she just wanted to help give someone else what they've had. So what an extraordinary! I know. I'm gift. always amazed. Yeah. Honestly, by that. having had three children and knowing what pregnancy does to you. I mean, it's an incredible experience, but honestly, it is hard yakka. I mean... Mm. And she, she, she said wow. that she'd had family and friends who'd had fertility issues and um, she oh. can only imagine what that... Well, she heard mm. and felt with her friends what that sadness was like and she wanted to give the gift of that to someone else yeah, and she amazing. chose us, which is amazing. 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 So uh, will you stay in touch with her forever yeah, now? We is do, that, daily. Is she part of yeah. your family? Yeah, and, we have a four-way yeah. group chat on Messenger oh. with us and um, them too. And, we all um, have terribly gross senses of humour, so our messages oh, that's good, yeah. are on the daily and as our photos and lots of animated pictures Um, but yeah we send photos through all the time and then they show their kids and um, and keep up to date and we'll plan to go back over there when we can and they're going to try and come over here like they lived in Australia for a year before they had children mm, and great it's not contrived it's not forced Mm, it's just really natural and we may go two or three days without messaging but you don't then think "Uh oh I'm going to get in trouble like it's just a it's a very organic friendship that's developed and she's offered to go for round two wow <laughs> that is fantastic and lovely that they've got children that can then become involved with your children and yeah. Mm. And I find um I think it's amazing too that you seem to have that relationship with her husband because I can imagine I often think the husband of a surrogate must be a really interesting position to be in because you're watching your partner grow this child that's not yours. Yeah, they had a funny situation. They went, he's like, oh, I've got to order something for my wife, um, but she's pregnant, so what can she have? And she's like, oh, congratulations. And he's like, oh, it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they had a bit of fun with it. I was going to say, I'd really enjoy doing that, I reckon. There'd they be a did. Bit of, yeah. yeah. And then the waitress congratulated her, and she's like, well, it's not mine either. So <laughs> <laughs> then the waitress was really confused. They were good sports. Yeah. They were really good people. Yeah. And so tell us about when Fletcher was born. So we did you go over there a bit before she was due or how did that all happen? Yeah, we, we definitely didn't want to miss it. So we went over two weeks early. Um, luckily we did because she arrived a week early. Oh, gosh. Um, we had a home birth, which was planned from the start. Um, so we, we stayed at their house in their Airbnb. So they had a um, very well-renovated basement uh, and we lived in the basement. And um, when Vanessa went into labour... Um, it was my job to blow up the 
indoor pool um, and then we filled the pool with water. It was a beautiful home birth. Um, and how did you feel about her having a home birth? Yeah, um, Vanessa had her two kids home, um, so I kind of thought, well, um, she knows what she's doing and we were comfortable with um, what she wanted, plus it's her body, and we were going with her decision um, for that. So, um, And I kind of liked it. It was much more relaxing. It wasn't just sitting around in a hospital. You know, we were just in their lounge chairs. And Did you have a, a midwife or a doctor there? We or? had four midwives. Right. Yeah, we wow. had... Um, normally there's one for... Um, the mother and one for the um, baby, but they each had a student with them as well, so there was four of us. But altogether, I think there was ten of us in the basement. <laughs> it was packed. Wow. And it, it was a it was a bit. Um, it certainly wasn't a hospital environment because when it began, we, you know, us blokes were a bit cheeky. We were, you know, cracking the beers and the cider, <laughs> and it felt like a bit of a party. And I bet uh, Vanessa was really happy about that. She was that. really impressed. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. And we, we quickly realised that was probably not going to work for the next twelve hours of labour. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, calmed it down a bit. So then what's that moment where she comes out? Yeah, wow. So I wasn't going to be um, right there. At the business at end. At the business end. I the whole time said I'd be right up the head end and for, for a few reasons, to be respectful and, you know, um, modesty for Vanessa. But I think about two hours into the labour, Vanessa decided modesty was not her friend that anymore. That had probably either. gone out the window, yeah. yeah. And then by the time, 12 hours later, the um, little Fletcher was about to um, be delivered, uh, the midwife basically just said, she's coming, and pushed me front row seat <laughs> right in front of the pool with this Vanessa. This was like six in the morning at this stage, so we've been up all night. So exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then Fletcher came out and... I had a front row seat and it was wonderful actually you know it was um and people have kind of you know they get that look of oh that's a bit weird and that's a bit you know like but it, there's nothing no. sexual about it it no. is so beautiful you know yeah. it's just a wonderful yeah. experience and yeah. she but came out and went straight onto Vanessa's chest yeah. and Chris was there I was behind Vanessa so then as soon as <clears throat> she was lifted off onto me and then I was quickly surprised how like Damien came and cut the cord but then I was surprised how quickly the midwives ushered us yeah to where our bed was and then um, we laid there for an hour for skin-to-skin -skin contact and then Vanessa eventually... cleaned up and... Yeah. yeah, then eventually made our way back to Vanessa and gave her a hold and um, mm. then... Oh, what a beautiful experience. <laughs> that is a really, really great mm. birthing story. Well, that is beautiful. I feel like I want to have a baby now. I yeah, mean, not I've during never the heard you say that. I know before. that's extraordinary. Did I have a maternal bone in my body five <laughs> but, minutes but ago? No, no, no. You did say out there yeah. when you were looking at Fletcher, my ovaries are hurting. hurting. Yeah, there that's right. So before I get out of control, we're going to have a quick break on family matters. The kids are all right. As for our presenters, um, family matters. Joy ninety four point nine. This is Family Matters. I'm Beck, and I'm here with Steph with Gina silently pushing our buttons. We are talking to wonderful, wonderful gay dads, Damien and Chris. We have had a message in from, I think, one of your fans. Uh, Barbara from, I say Castlemaine, but that's not right in my South Australian accent, yeah, is it? Castlemaine, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, loving the interview. Damien and Chris's light beams far past Shepherd, and they brighten lives they may never fully know, and Miss Fletcher is just the bomb. Mm. Aww. Aww. We all agree with that. Thanks, Barbara. That's Barb's lovely. Barb's made Fletcher a beautiful purple blanket. Oh, bless. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Barb. <laughs> so coming back to Australia with... 
Baby Fletcher, you did what a lot of parents do and you put an announcement in the Shepparton News. The birth notices, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. As we've put all done. A yeah. notice when you have a baby. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then something happened that you didn't really expect to happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, we were in um, trying to get home actually when it happened at the um, airport. At the airport, and mm. the airport stuffed us around, and we were stranded in Canada for an extra day. And next minute, someone tags me in this post on Facebook um, from a group, and it was our birth picture that had been cut out, taken a photo of, and this Uploaded. big mm-hmm. hate speech about the three of us um, from the, our birth announcement, and um, it was kind of like we were lack of sleep and delusional but um so i didn't kind of get to take it in until we got home to australia some 30 hours later so so yeah and i think i half expected it and um i was disappointed and i wasn't angry chris why did you half expect that i think because everything everything we do um whether it's in the achuka paper or shet paper back home there's always a little bit of backlash from the conservative areas of the town so um i think growing up in the country my whole life it's just one of them things you just expect now like you do something good you know 10 bad things are going to come from it Um, i think that when they uploaded it the message was something like we've outlawed puppy farming but we allow baby farming or something like that and that was just the beginning then of literally hundreds of comments that followed uh many of them actually were defending us um and quite positive actually more than half were uh and there was another horrible one about you know why why two men have a baby other than to play with it like just ridiculous stupid comments I hate people sometimes and horrible things. And, you know, like we, we, I have been working in the LGBTI sector and have worked on resilience and strength and and, uh, those kinds of things totally just go past me now. But um, it was upsetting, don't get me wrong, and disappointing more than anything. But, you know, there are people who wouldn't have been able to handle that kind Mm. of vitriol and they shouldn't have to. But, Damien, as a parent, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, you know, but as a mother, I think, attack me. But don't go near my kids. Mm-hmm. And did you get that that sort of very possessive kind of, you know, it's almost a rage when someone takes, you know, is critical or, or takes on your child. And I, yeah, I, I guess it, it. We did have that once. We sort of got home and read that, and and um, it really angered my family because and some friends that. Um, that they had to read and and then they actually were like one of my friends was like I'm sorry that you actually have to go through this yeah. I'm leaving Facebook because that's crap is what they were yeah. saying yeah. yeah so and they did that and even from that now I've started you know winding off Facebook and and did you compl- did you send a complaint through to Facebook about that because that constitutes hate speech many many many, many, many people did. reported it yeah yes. and we yeah. have laws in Australia that protect us yeah. and it just kept bouncing back saying this doesn't breach anything <gasps> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no nonsense, so, nonsense nonsense but yeah but um, it brought so much more love and joy from that so it actually mm. did the opposite I think to what the post was meant to do you know most certainly did um, every yeah. day when we're out in Shep um, down the street getting in or out of the car at the bank people would stop us because they saw it and congratulate us and just wanted to like give us a hug and um even still to this day like yesterday it happened down the street people are still like coming up to us and and just telling us you know we're doing a job and stuff like that so i think um even though it was such a horrible thing it actually brought a lot more joy and good messages spread out there than what um Mm. 
like like the vote did for marriage equality mm. i think you know when when you have hate spewing out of a minority uh of people um the the rest of the people realise that that hate is not okay, mm. and um, I've always found that humans will do more to um, avoid uh, pain than they will to achieve um, happiness. If that makes sense, mm. and so when they can see um, pain in other people, they'll step up and they'll speak. Uh, and I think uh, you know, in a way, that's that's what's happened here, and it's just wonderful. Yeah. So, do you think you know you get this sense? on a day-to-day, on the street, in the bank, wherever you are, of people, you know, giving you support. Mm. So the hate is coming from faceless people. Mm -hmm. You don't get that sense from anybody that you are meeting in the street, in your community. Not at all. It's just people who can hide behind screens that can kind of type up this dreadful stuff. Yeah. Um, And because it was a page too, like, it really didn't have anyone to it like um, there was no profile so yeah, you know it so could have been weak, someone we know and it could have been someone yeah. we've never met so yeah. and you know it's easy to hide behind your, your screen and and type whatever you want yeah during during the vote time we talked about that horrible time was it you know mm-hmm. awful time for everyone but i guess i get the sense um you guys have a sort of i guess public profile in in shep given sort of the work that you're doing those sorts of things mm-hmm. what was the experience like for you in that time uh, it was um up and down because yeah we were like in the papers a lot because we tend to be the faces that the papers call um I had to quickly ring my grandparents and tell them I was getting married and having a baby because <laughs> the Shep News put us on the front page. So, yeah. um, you had to catch them so up on a few So it was a very things. up and down kind of experience. And, and once again, um, in the lead up, you know, we would do something and then you would get like 10 articles or edit things in the editor um, telling us why we shouldn't have something and how wrong we are and all them kind of aspects. But we kept trying, I guess, fight for it to, to show the young people and other people out there that, you know, we are okay and, you know, we deserve just the same as everyone else. We're awesome, in fact. Yeah. Well, so you're funny you should okay. say that because we've just had another message that says, totally loving the show tonight, love you guys so much and love every picture of Fletcher. You guys have a heck of a lot of positive sp- support in our community from little Jason in Ivanhoe. Oh, that's lovely. So Thank we're you, hearing Jason. from your fan club tonight. <laughs> yes, Fletcher think... appears on um, Instagram a lot now. So. <laughs> For me too, something that's always been at my core is hope um, and hope is what keeps me going. Um, um, and I believe that in every dark corner uh, and in every person that is doing something that's hateful, I believe that there's um, something that can be healed and uh, they can do more, be more and have more. Uh, and so for me, um, I think about where they're coming from and why before I actually think about the fact that they're attacking me. And mm, so that helps mm, me to mm. stay positive and keep doing this work I've done for 15 years. You hear of people getting burnout in community yeah. services. You have to have self-care and yeah. you have to have hope and that's important. And I think it's really, to me, it's really positive to hear about the experience you've had, the positive experience in a regional community because I think sometimes regional communities get a really bad rap for being small-minded or, you know, whatever it is. But I don't get, I get that sense that 
there's that real support for you guys, which I think is fabulous. Yeah, like we were out for lunch the other day and um, the owner of the cafe said, oh, are you trying to get her to sleep? And I said, yeah. And she's like, oh, I'll do it while you eat. And she <laughs> took her away and <laughs> put her to sleep. And um, so, yeah, we have we have a lot of support and um, a big network of um, people around us. You know, everyone's, you know, there's about 50,000 babysitters uh, wow. waiting to have her. Yeah. So <laughs> We could go away for six months and come back and she'd be, you know, she'd, she'd be, be all well sorted. looked after. That's right. And have you, this is a million dollar question, have you actually left her yet with Oh, anyone. you'll be surprised. We have. We have. Yes, yes, we, yes. Um, our first time we left her was when she was three days old. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we that went might to the surprise movies. you, but <laughs> Vanessa, the surrogate, you know, we felt she might like a bit of time yeah. with, with um, uh, Fletcher and um, we were in Canada and we thought, well, three hours we'll give her. Well, we can go to the movies. Yeah. Yes, so well, we did. Not. We yeah. did. And it was tough. But, you know, we thought, well, we always wanted a strong um, uh, young lady and yeah. she'll grow up to be um, a beautiful child and, you know, we just... Our parenting's different, I suppose, you know? We just... You know, anyway, but, we're all different and we just thought, that, she can handle it. She's tough. <laughs> Two hours without dads. She'll, she'll be, be right. Fine. That's it. Just at grandmas and nannies, you know, I play netball twice a week during the week and um, hmm. so every now and then, yeah, she'll just go and spend time with her grandparents, so... Yeah. A full day at work. Get, yeah, but they can't get enough of her. No. Yeah, yeah they're besotted. Tell me, I love her name. Where did Fletcher come from? Mm. Um, I found it in a book and then um, I really loved it. And that was before we knew that she was a girl. Um, we suggested it and I said, no, I don't like that name because it reminds <laughs> me of a character on that TV show, Chris. And he said, oh, okay. So he kept looking for more names. <laughs> And then he came up with the name Jarvis, and he thought I'd hate it. (laughs) But I was like, yes, I love it. That's a great name. He was like, oh, okay. That backfired. That backfired. (laughs) So um, I said to Chris, compromise. We can call her Fletcher um, or call our baby Fletcher, irrespective of the sex. Exactly right. And Chris agreed, and then we made Jarvis the middle name. So Fletcher uh, Jarvis means um, warrior and um, sword bearer. bearer. So she's going to be one tough little girl. She and, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fletcher's arrow maker. Yeah, Fletcher arrow maker. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. Fantastic names. Beautiful. So what do you, what is your hope for, I guess, other gay dads in your situation or other rainbow families that, you know, you obviously don't want them to experience what you experienced on the internet, but where do you think, you know, what's the next step, do you think, for rainbow families in, in our community? Mm. Our experience in uh, another country has been really seamless. Mm. Sure, there's been a few little teething problems, but to be able to go, uh, to to have to go to another country um, to do this entire process at phenomenal expense, Mm. well over $100,000. You know, Mm. our our little Fletcher here will be paying off the loan on herself if we were (laughs) touch wood to die tomorrow. No Um, pocket money for you, Fletcher. (laughs) Definitely not. You know, um, I think it was really, not only was it seamless in Canada, but it made sense. You know, Mm. we're we're two people who love each other, who want to bring a beautiful child into the world and to raise her as part of a loving family. What what can possibly be wrong about that? Mm. Um, And the the system and, you know, I think, so what I think Australia needs is um, a a far simpler, accessible you know, maternal health system to be able to support uh, having children for whoever wants to have a child. Yeah, absolutely. And having done so much work within the community, is that something you're going to add to your list, Damien? Wow, wow. I'm still uh, working full-time now, both in and outside the sector. Um, 
And Shepparton's been my baby for the last 15 years and I think my focus will continue to be regional and rural work. Um, Chris has a little bit of spare time now. He's the stay-at-home parent. Maybe he has, an, has, a, has, a plan, has a plan. Yeah, I definitely do want to look at um, the laws in Australia and, you know, and once again, like each state and territory have different laws Oh, it's really again. confusing. So it's about, you know, I guess now rallying and trying to get them a little bit more streamlined and, and possible for people to, um, to achieve having a family beautiful well now we've nearly solved all the problems of the world we're almost coming to the end of the show but we will be back just very quickly after the break on family matters you're <laughs> listening to family matters i'm beck and i'm here with steph and gina and we have been having a wonderful conversation haven't we with chris yeah, and Damien, really. the gay dads of the year yeah. um we have had a membership in come in hannah from footscray so thank you for that hannah now as you girls know when i'm not here I'm on air on Wednesday night on Chicks Talking Footy. So I need to put my Chicks Talking Footy hat on very quickly. Damien, Pride Cups in AFL are the thing of the moment. They're exploding, aren't they? Tell me about the Shepparton Pride Cup. Yep. 23rd of June on Saturday, the uh, Shepparton Football Nepal Club and Marupna will be having their first ever Pride Cup. So come to Shepparton and check it out. Are they arch enemies, Shepparton and Marupna? Oh, they're opposing teams. Of course they're arch yeah, enemies. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and who's the favourite? Oh, well, I live in Shepparton, so I'm going to have to say Shepparton. Uh, uh, once you pass the causeway over the river to Marupna, you're in trouble. That's mm. right. Um Pride Cups are amazing, aren't they? Like, they're really, they've really taken off in regional areas. And I think, as you were saying, as we were talking about before, you know, it's so important to give that visibility, mm-hmm. I think, yep. to the LGBTI community. Do you think Do you think things like that make a difference in towns like yours? Most certainly. And that's why in places like Shepparton and Hamilton and Gippsland, there's Pride Cups mm. coming up. So um, travel to those places I know. and support I went to them. the one in Hamilton last year, and it was just amazing to see this really quite conservative town. No offence, Hamilton, but it's true covered in rainbows like down the main street and it's I mean football brings people together yeah. everywhere but in the country particularly so what sort of crowd would you get at, at Hamilton say? oh I'm gonna say there was probably I don't know a couple of thousand people there wow. which is pretty good yeah, that and is. You're, you'd hope for the same in Shepparton yeah, yeah absolutely great. Bring oh, it great day out. I'm yeah. coming to Shepparton just for those babysitters alone like yeah, I'm yeah. hooking up with the lads after immediately after this show because <laughs> I'm the stay-at-home parent and, and I need some babysitters and your daughter does love a drive so she loves a drive I had to do that all night last night just to put her to sleep because <laughs> she's got it yeah very yeah tired. anyway I'm going to fill up the car with petrol for tonight wonderful well thank you very much Damien thanks thank for you having very us much, Chris. thank, thank you. you very much well behaved. Sitting there, well behaved. I'm sure you have. I wouldn't do that. Making a pull on my ovaries <laughs> for the evening. You have been listening to Family Matters. I'm Beck. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Beck. Thank you, Gina. And up next, thank you, Beck. Sorry. Uh, up next is Well, Well, Well. And after that is make sure you stay tuned for our Woof, Woof, Woof. The Bears. After that. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.